Hello and welcome to Dealcast, the weekly M&A podcast presented to you by Merger Market and SS&C Intralinks. I'm Juliana Needham. I'm a business journalist who's covered M&A for a decade. Renewable energy and the energy transition are never far from the headlines, particularly with COP28 on the horizon. And there's one region that's ahead of many others when it comes to renewable energy, and that's Latin America. In this episode, we're finding out about renewable energy M&A in the region. I'm joined from Rio de Janeiro by Priscilla Murphy, who's a journalist and editor for Merger Market. Hi, Priscilla. Thanks very much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. So to begin with, for those of us who are unfamiliar with it, could you give us a rundown of the renewable energy market in Latin America, please? Well, Latin America is uh, doing well in renewables. It has more than a quarter of its energy coming from the source. So uh, it's twice the global average, according to NGO Global Energy Monitor. Uh, The International Energy Agency published uh, very recently its uh, Latin America Energy Outlook and and said that the, concluded that the region is going to play an essential role in, in the transition and the uh, sustainable energy system in the global term so uh, that's being recognized uh, in electricity in brazil for instance 83% came from renewables last year so it's a huge part the rains are uh, it's raining a lot, so we're having good uh, hydropower provision. But if you just say renewable power, you mean you include these large hydropower plants that we used to construct in the past, but they aren't really acceptable because their construction has a lot of environmental impact and social impact. So it's always better to say alternative energies than your meaning. Uh, less impactful, that's wind and solar power happening here in the region so far. Uh, the five biggest producers in wind and solar are have 64 gigawatt of installed capacity uh, and they will be increased Energy Monitor looked at all the findings for the projects and they said that uh, they will increase by 2030 by 400% or over. Uh, That would be 319 gigawatts if all projects came online. Uh, It's a really huge projected increase. So it sounds like Latin America will have an excess of energy in the next six to seven years, regardless of, of how the economy grows. Exactly. Uh, but these numbers have included distortion that uh, here in Brazil, there was a regulation that was enacted in 2021 to 2022, uh, which are gradually cutting the subsidies for uh, wind and, and solar power. So uh, Brazil has 217 gigawatt in prospective projects. That's 
like huge. Uh, but they were all filed filed in this gold rush to get ahead of the deadline. So most are not expectedly to be actually built. Um, but I was talking to an expert the other day and he said if just a quarter of those are built, it would be 54 gigawatt entering the system and this added with the capacity of Brazil already has installed of 27 gigawatt of wind and solar. That will cover uh, the, the consumption of Brazil's of Brazil energy, electricity uh, for today, like 80, about 80 gigawatt. So, of course, you you won't you can't depend on, on only these sources because they are they fluctuate. So you have to have an extra capacity. But right now, Brazil has currently 200 gigawatt in capacity and uses about 80, depending on the day. Thank you. So that's the picture in Brazil. Can you talk us through what it's like in other countries in Latin America, please? Brazil, Mexico and Chile uh, are leading the region in installed capacity of wind and solar. And Argentina and Uruguay come below. This doesn't necessarily uh, reflect the the sizes of the countries. Argentina could have more and Uruguay as well. They're kind of uh, behind the others. Uh, They are all expected to double or more than double their wind and solar power capacity by 2030. So it sounds like it's great news with all that renewable energy in Latin America. But as you mentioned before, there's going to be too much of it. What can the region do with the excess energy? Yes, that's uh, a question that's being discussed right now here. Uh, and the word of mouth in every event I go cover uh, this year has been green hydrogen. Uh, it's the only way to uh, make use of this excess energy. The economies are never going to grow as much as the, the, the sector is projected to grow. Uh, yesterday I was in a, I covered this event. It was a German business mission uh, led by the Brazil Germany Chamber of Commerce. They are traveling all around Brazil to learn about renewable energy, but they are focused on green hydrogen. The idea is to show that it's already functioning in Europe and try to sell their products here. Well, here we're doing like still research and pilot projects, so they can kind of to show the market that they can export and contribute and invest here and bring their ready-made products. Um, and Petrobras also is turning into uh, the this direction it's our national oil company but like the european peers they are transforming into renewable into energy companies instead of oil companies to include renewable so uh, the head of energy transition in petrobras told me recently that green hydrogen will be the big game changer in this 
in the sense where we can direct our excess energy. Uh, going back to our question, then uh, the extra renewable power will be turned into green hydrogen, which has zero carbon emissions and many potential uses. It can be used in, in energy intensive sectors uh, here in Brazil or, it, or in Latin America, and it can be exported mainly in the form of ammonia and methanol. Uh, the German people, the businessmen that came, came already with a, a, one of them was a port owner in Germany and he said, I can bring your, your green hydrogen to Germany. So they are really anxious to, to link up with, with Brazil in this sense. Uh, Chile also has a large Part of, of its matrix coming from renewable sources, including uh, hydroelectric, because the the Andes is covered with snow, and so every summer some of that snow uh, comes down through the rivers, and they capture that as hydropower energy. So they are expected also to be a, a, an important player in green hydrogen. So you mentioned about the subsidies that were available in Brazil and how that has distorted the market. Can you talk through how that will impact renewable M&A? Yes, uh, the, the subsidies are actually being uh, reduced. So that caused many players to file their projects uh, before the deadline caused a gold rush to file projects. So uh, the these studies that I cited I mentioned uh, at the beginning, they're considering this 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 gold rush as you know projects that would really become operational. That's not really the case. Uh, some of these licenses and the midway projects that people don't manage to finish will become a desirable asset because they benefit from the subsidies. Or higher subsidies than the, the ones that were going to be approved now and in the future. So, actually, renewable energy is still quite active in the, in the region. Great, thank you. And just briefly on the last two questions, could you talk through a couple of the main deals in the sector, please? Yeah, one, one trend uh, of deals are the European companies reading themselves of the uh, Dirty uh, power plants like uh, carbon fueled. Uh, France's Engie and, and Portugal's EDP made these, these kinds of deals in Brazil this year. But the large trend is really of the oil companies becoming energy companies and buying assets in renewable. Uh, it seems nobody wants to be just an oil company anymore. They're all. Uh, including Petrobras, the Brazilian national company that announced that it's going to start to buy solar and wind farms and also investing in it. Uh, another acquisition was of Equinor, which used to be an oil company, but now it names itself Energy Company, which bought uh, Rio Energy, uh, which is a lot of... Uh, renewable energy farms, wind farms, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, 
Uh, this deal was valued at over $700 million. Chile has the, had the second deal, uh, where Enel Chile sold Arcadia Solar to Sonedix Power Holdings for over $500 million. So uh, there, there's also the ones that don't have their value disclosed that we know are big. Uh, one of them was uh, a partnership between Petrobras and Francis Toller Energies with Casa dos Ventos, which is a wind project. Uh, and this is really big, although we don't know the exact value. Most of the renewable deals we can see in the emerging market are happening right now in Chile and Brazil. Okay, thank you. And... Just briefly to finish on, are there any expected deals on the horizon in the region? Well, recently Petrobras, the Brazil oil company, went to to China and made several deals with Chinese companies, uh, two of which involve renewables, the one with Sinopec to collaborate in energy transition projects and carbon capture in Brazil or abroad. And it also signed with China International Energy Corp uh, for opportunities in Brazil related to renewable energy and green hydrogen and ammonia. Uh, because ammonia is one of the projects you can do, products you can do with green hydrogen and export, right? It's used in fertilizing. Everybody is waiting. They didn't describe exactly what they would do, but so everybody's waiting to see what comes out of these agreements. The UN Climate Summit recently pointed out some uh, ambitions of other individual countries in Latin America. The Mexico seems to be really kind of back in the line. It, It plans to generate only 35% of its electricity from clean sources by 2024, so that's not a big ambition. Uh, but others are better. Costa Rica is committed to net zero by 2050 without using carbon offsets, so that's kind of hard to achieve. Colombia is enshrining in law its target of hitting net zero by 2050. And Guatemala is is aiming for 80% of renewables in its electricity generation by 2027. So that's a nice goal as well. So we'll have to check in again and see if uh, those countries have been hitting those targets. Priscilla, that's been really interesting talking to you. Thanks very much. That was Priscilla Murphy, who's a journalist and editor for Merger Market based in Rio de Janeiro. Thanks for listening to Dealcast presented by Merger Market and SS&C Intralinks. Please rate, review and follow the podcast. You'll find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or look out for your Merger Market news alert. For more information, have a look at our show notes. Join us again next week.